Hello, this is Jane Sigford, convener of the podcast Views and Voice Above the Noise. The podcast is hosted by MASA, Minnesota Association of School Administrators. Today's podcast is with Senator Steve Swadzinski. He's in the Minnesota State Senate and representing the district around Eden Prairie. I was lucky enough to have worked with Steve when we were both employed by the Eden Prairie Public Schools. Steve at that time was the government teacher. As I helped kids register for classes, they all wanted to take government, which filled up every semester. I couldn't understand why, because for me, government was sort of dry until I observed Steve. He made government come alive. He was excited about the content and the whole democratic process. You will hear that excitement throughout this podcast. Steve was gracious enough to squeeze me in between two meetings that he had during opening week. He talks about what he sees as issues and what we as educators can do to help legislators. I love this as much as I did teaching and I didn't think I that was possible. Although he taught government for years, he had no intention to run for political office after his retirement until he met a former student of his. But about that um, December, end of November, the head of the DFL party happened to be at the high school talking to the young Democrats. He saw me in the hall, and, and he was an Eden Prairie grad. The head of the DFL party for Minnesota is a D, uh, Ken Martin. Okay. So I had him in class. Uh, honestly, this was like 95 or something. Okay. He s- said, I heard you're retiring. Congratulations. Do you want to meet for coffee? And I said, well, yeah. And he goes, because we have a lot to talk about. Kind of. I mean, so he w- and I knew what he was alluding to, that he wanted me to do something you know, politically. And then we met, and he said, I think you should run against David Hand. In this current political climate where it seems like politicians will say anything bad about their opponents that come to mind, Steve doesn't feel that way. Honest to God, I don't want to ever say anything bad about my opponent. Because the, how does that make us better when, I mean, let's build each other up and make us better people. Steve shared some of the issues that the legislature is looking at right now. Well, that's where I just came from, and it's so exciting having a soul studies teacher in the governor's mansion. Because for years, I would joke with my kids that 40% of the state budget is education, and we've never had a teacher in the governor's mansion. And about once every four years, some savvy kid would raise their hand and say, well, Governor Dayton taught when he was a younger man. Um, I'd be like, wow, well done. You know your stuff. But, you know, he was like 21, 22, 23, and then he left the profession. Yeah, he taught in Brooklyn or Bronx, like like an early version of Teach for America. But then he left at like 24 he was done with his three-year gig or whatever it was but now we've got this governor at his inauguration last week he made a teacher feel valued so i just feel that he gave a shout out to educators and he talked about the importance of education and that we have lost sight that my words not his that this used to be a noble profession and i still think it is but I don't know if the rest of the state thinks it's as noble as it, as it should be. So I think right now we've got this guy in the White, in the White House, um, in the governor's mansion, that I think is really going to be a man, a person of his word. We talked about getting the funding back up to where it was in 2001, 2002, whatever that time period was, when all of a sudden we, the education took those huge hits. And we're still behind in inflationary dollars where we 
were in 2001. So I'd like to get that back up, but it could be as high as 10%. We're still behind. I'm trying to get the, the actual numbers. Uh, some members of the, uh, of the opposition party aren't comfortable with the 2%, 2% over the next two years. That wouldn't even bring us close to no. where we were way back when. But it, at least it's a step in the right direction. So there's that. And then the safe schools is huge. So I went to Eden Prairie High School. I met the new principal. So I asked them to give me a tour of the new hardened entrances. And I talked to the security people, and they, they hate it. And this isn't the kids and the parents. It's the actual people that's job is to keep the kids safe. And they say it's impersonal. They're not building relationships anymore. It's not my words now. It's not why we went into education. I could have worked at a prison if I wanted to, but I don't want to. It's, it's, it's so you come into the building now. After the school day begins, you have to show up photo ID underneath a bulletproof glass, just like at a, like showing your passport at the airport. It's kind of like that. You talk into a microphone, and it's real impersonal, and there's all these cameras, and it's sad that we've come to that. But I think the, let's go, oh, I think it's a waste of money. It's sad that that's, but it was a political compromise, because it, how do you argue against, I want my kids safer from the bad guys? But anybody who analyzes it intelligently, the bad guys now will just wait outside for the bell to ring if they can't get in. I went to the high school after Parkland and I got into 11 classrooms. I just said, I mean, I've only been gone three years, so I still got all my buddies. I sent them all an email and just said, if I can come in, like this was two days after Parkland, tomorrow, I'd love to see what the kids are thinking. And I'll never forget the one girl, she said, when I go to assemblies now, I take my seat closest to an exit and I look around to make sure I'm ready for and to think this is a high school kid and they're having post-traumatic stress so on another note we've got a I'm the the gun I mean this is not what about education but I guess it is I mean we just got to get guns I mean I I mean I know we're I'm co-authoring um uh, background checks that red flag laws if patty my wife says calls the cops and said we have weapons in our house and i'd like you to remove them because i think my husband is on either gonna harm me or himself the cops can come and take them but then i have the right to appeal so i would go to a judge or somebody and say she's the one that's mental not me <laughs> and i want my guns back but it's called red flag okay. laws and so i think and there's opposition to them because cops are coming and seizing possessions without search warrants. and But it would make people safe. You have no idea. I could talk for 30 minutes nonstop without a breath with a number of ex-students of, of mine that are now in their like 20s to 25 that are, that are dead because of either opioids or, or guns. I was door knocking. This is two years ago now, but it's my favorite story. I'm door knocking with my daughter who works at Hazleton. So we're door knocking together and we get to this house and this guy comes to the door um, he's about my age maybe 60 or so comes to the door and he goes swat how you doing i'm like do i know you you know and he goes yeah i'm your bus driver for your trips to dc and i go oh my god hi how are you doing he goes well, wait a minute there's somebody here who wants to meet you and he goes come on up there's somebody here at the door and this kid comes up and he's about 30 and he goes mr swadzinski how you doing and i go wow you know yeah i was in your government class you know 15 years ago i go wow how are you doing and the dad he sticks out his shirt like this because <laughs> his buttons are bursting and he starts saying it's home for the day from his halfway house he's been chasing demons and his opioid addiction but this time we know he's his mother and I are so proud of him, and this time he's going to beat it. Well, all of a sudden, my daughter has a connection. What program are you in? And they start talking, and I'm proud of my birth. 
first thing on mind because I'm so proud of my daughter because and, and this guy's proud of it. and we say goodbye and it was like I'm telling everybody for the next couple of days about this amazing magical moment door knocking three months later I pick up the morning paper Eden Prairie bus driver and his wife killed by their son didn't escape his demons so he stabbed them both and when he went he broke out of his halfway house or whatever and went home and said where are your you know pres- prescriptions or whatever they were on and he, they wouldn't tell him and he get stabbed them both to death and so I that morning I saw the paper and I'm it's got to be the same guy and I remembered the house and I drove over there and yeah the police tape was all the way around the house and somebody had put a little bus school toy bus at the end of the driveway with a flower in it and I'm at funeral and this woman she comes up to me and she goes hi SWAT how you doing I, and I go you know again you know do I, uh, how? and she goes and I go oh my god and I remember how's she doing and she's dead she had a sports injury they put her on prescription drugs all of a sudden the doctors and the parents are concerned about her addiction they cut her off now she has to go find him illegally and she died from a drug overdose there's a woman a Ukrainian woman great person she comes to meet with me one day last spring here right she sat right there right there how you doing and she goes you had our son um as your teacher and i go oh my god what was his name and he goes um and i go oh my god how's he doing dead my husband and I were sitting around having coffee at our kitchen table and the St. Paul police call and they say, we found your son slumped over in his car with a needle in his arm. He's dead. We tried. There's a woman down here. Her name is Chris Eaton. Her, she lost her daughter to addiction a few years back and she's like the guru on all these issues and so we're trying to, we tried to adopt a penny a pill for education purposes and prevention and but it failed to get out of the committee in the Senate. Steve also has a personal experience with gun violence. I'm giving this speech, South Minneapolis person, you'll relate. I'm giving this speech at Excelsior Commons to a, bu- a bunch of people about gun violence. And I don't know if it was Protect Minnesota or, one, or uh, Moms Demand Action, what the group was. But I'm giving this speech. And it was great. And I, I'm walking away back to my car. And my daughter, she calls me up. And it's my daughter. She's on lockdown in the grocery store. She's walking through the parking lot of the grocery store. It's not a, it's like, and she's walking through the parking lot. She sees these two guys and they're fighting and all of a sudden she's with my that time nine month old grandson now he's a year all of a sudden these two guys are fighting and one of them pulls out a gun and starts firing in the parking lot she grabs the kid leaves her purse in the stroller in the parking lot runs into the grocery store the manager takes everybody and locks them in the back and while i'm giving a speech on gun violence my daughter isn't not a victim a witness to gun violence no one was killed and within minutes the two had fled in their respective cars and it wasn't even in the paper because we're so common occurrence it wasn't even in the paper is the legislature looking at various issues about gun violence? I think in the House, I think so, but I don't know if it'll. I don't know if we even have a hearing in the Senate. I'm not real hopeful about anything happening with respect to gun violence. But what we'll do is we're making schools safer by hardening them, so no one has to give up right to Second Amendment rights. Another approach to school safety is one that Steve Swadzinski would like to see. 
this $25 million to, to, for school safety, mm-hmm. if I had, had my way, all that money would have went to counselors. We're 46 in the na- nation on high school counselor to student ratios. And here's the education state at 46 in the nation. And shame on us. I mean, these kids, and I, I meet with the counselors about once a year since I came here because I want to know how I can help you because I just know they're, they're back in the day, the counselors, you know, um, they could counsel. Steve's proud of another way the legislature has come up with to help teachers receive training in how to recognize danger signs with our kids. I think one of the bills that legislature passed in the last couple of years that actually made it through Governor Dayton's signature that I'm proud of is when we renew our licenses now, we have to have four hours of suicide awareness training. Educators never had to have that, and so that's good. Steve and I talked about other ways to be proactive instead of reactive. The conversation about being proactive instead of reactive is a welcome one. The new um, commissioner, Mary Catherine, she said that. In this meeting, I was just at, that we need to start being more proactive and not reactive. What can school people, administrators, and teachers do to help legislators? When I brought this up with her to just today, with Mary Catherine, I said, we don't hear enough from teachers, and maybe it's because they just can't get away because it's so much work. Well, you know what it's like to miss work. It's almost more work to miss work. Well, it is. And we need to hear more from teachers because we have we hear from plenty of administrators and experts non-classroom teacher experts. Maybe after two years of being on the education committee, it's just interesting. So that'd be my advice is okay. give give your classroom teachers time to come down here and testify. Are the superintendents, should they be watching the schedule to see what topics you're discussing and then recruit teachers to come? Yeah, I think so. I think that'd be a great idea. And I think part of the, maybe part of the onus is upon Denise Specht and Education Minnesota and they could do, and I think they do a great job so I'm not sure I'm I'm thinking off the top of my head but maybe they could do a better job of here's what the education committee is hearing next week and if all of a sudden I'm I'm not telling Denise what to do because she's great. There are three things that have been documented in the research that really impact student learning. One, time on task. Two, a rigorous curriculum. And three, highly trained teachers. Steve and I talked about the role of professional development to keep our teachers well-trained and engaged in the profession. But it sure seems like in my first 10 years I was going off to other places to become a better teacher. And it did help. Oh my God, yeah. It made me... a difference. Oh, well, I don't think I ever came back from time away from that school and thinking it was a waste of time. Wow, I can't believe I'm saying this. But I do remember within workshops and meetings where I thought that was kind of a waste of time. So maybe we are better served by going outside of our own borders and meeting other people in other districts, and that's more valuable. And for years, I used to tell every superintendent at the kickoff, they would bring in all these outside experts. And for years, I'd say, we have all these amazing people in kindergarten and middle schools in our district that I would much rather hear from than bringing in, that's a whole nother, because that kind of contradicts what we were just a little bit talking about. What are some issues on the horizon? 
Um, I think we're in a unique position, a member of Congress, now a governor and an educator governor, and that cross-subsidy, I don't know if you're a film, that the federal government promised to pay 40% of special right. ed fees, and they've only done 17, 18, 19%, it varies. Right. Um, and I think he's in a unique position to tell the current Congress, you guys promised us 40%, you've never delivered, pony up. And that could be a huge coup for all the states, and to help us with our school financing. So I, I'm hopeful for that. I'm On a personal note, I, I'm trying to get this civics bill passed, requiring American government to juniors or seniors. Now schools don't have to require it. They can kind of weave it in wherever they can based on the standards. If schools do require it, it's usually in ninth grade, which in my opinion, kids aren't paying income taxes, gas taxes, they're not signing up for selective service. They're not. And so I just think for juniors or seniors, when they're starting to get ready for voting and their first jobs and all those things, adulthood, I think it makes more sense. So I am working on that. Another bill I'm introducing is on when I was out door knocking, how many people want a, their, a personal finance class? Because they all have stories about, oh, I got this young employer and he doesn't know how to balance it or what, you know. And so these kids are graduating without a personal finance class. And I think it would help the student loan debt too. I think they wouldn't be as likely to have $80,000 in debt if they had more management skills and prep work for that. Because I think this is a huge problem, this school debt that no one's addressing. Because um, we have all these baby boomers who want to get out of their four hundred, three hundred thousand dollars $300,000 suburban homes, and we're just assuming these kids are going to come behind us and they're not going to be able to get loans. Thanks to Steve for taking time from his busy schedule, especially during opening week. This is Jane Sigford signing off. My email is jlsigford at comcast.net. I'm leaving you with some inspirational words from Steve Swazinski, Senator from the Eden Prairie area. I never look forward to a Friday or regretted a Monday in 33 years of teaching. I loved being an educator, and this is better, and I'll tell you why. Um, I love this place better. I don't have to wait for a bell to ring to go potty. Um, I can go potty whenever I want now. And this time, it's like being back in college, but this time I want to learn everything. And when you were 21 years old, you're like, you know... I want to do whatever I, whatever you thought was more important than what the professor had to say. But this time, every single person that comes through this door has so much to offer and, and to try to make me a better American Minnesotan. <laughs>